What's going on out there, everyone? And how are you today? I'm feeling good. It's a Monday after the football weekend, after week seven. And in this episode, although I want to talk about every damn game, I'm only going to give you my takeaways from this past Sunday, week seven in the NFL. There aren't that many. I mean, I could go through every game, but I don't want to bore you like that. So one of them, uh, I want to start off with the Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. Uh, In this game, it was, um, I don't want to say shocking, but it was in the things that transpired in the game. They lost 25 to 3. If you would have said the Cowboys would have lost 25 to 3, you would have been like, wow, this is not like a trend now. It's like getting worse. But the thing is, is um, in this game, when the game was already, I don't want to say said and done, it was still at a competitive phase. And the quarterback, the Red Rifleman, Andy Dalton, was scrambling, got out of the pocket, running for the first down, sliding, and as he's sliding, it was one of those, those, it's an illegal hit, but it was like, you know, bang, bang, where as soon as he goes to slide, the linebacker comes in with his shoulder, hits him in the head, his head snaps back and hits on the floor, helmet just flows across, um, blows off his head, and this is my thing. Um, yeah, they lost the game. Yeah, they were losing at that point. Yeah, it was a, a, a done deal. But to see your quarterback like that, laying on the floor hurt. For me, I was brought up like this playing um, football. Everybody that's not wearing the same colors as us, we have a problem with. And if you hit one of us or do something to one of us, you do something to all of us. And if you hurt one of us, we hurting two of you. And for the quarterback of all positions, that's the position that you do not, especially in today's NFL, you do not want your quarterback going down. And the Cowboys know this feeling, having their starting quarterback go down, and they see their quarterback laying on the floor, and nobody does nothing. Nobody runs over to the linebacker and at least push, shove, get in his face, tell him what time it is, like, we're not going to take. Yeah, you know what? There's a difference between getting beat and getting punked. And I think that's what happened with the Cowboys. Because it's one thing to say, you know what? You're better than me, and you could beat me. But I'm going to make you work today, and I'm not going to let you punk me today. That was my big takeaway from that game. Now, another takeaway game that I felt that had some uh, ramifications was the um, Cleveland Browns game. They took on the... Uh, oh, by the way, I didn't even tell you the score of the other game. The Washington Redskins did wind up winning... Wind up, they wound up, you know, going running away winning the game 25-3. Next game for me that I have a takeaway is the Cleveland Browns. They playing the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a game where, unfortunately, um, Odell Beckham, early on in the first quarter... Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Odell Beckham was trying to run this guy down along with his teammates, jammed up his knee, and it came out that he tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Now, there's a there's, there, there's more layers to that because in this game, uh, you had you, you had the Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, go, okay? I'm talking statistically. This guy, as a rookie, Mind you, as a rookie, he went for 406 yards, three passing TDs, and a rush TD. Now, when you when you turn around and you look at Baker Mayfield, he started off 0 for 5 with an interception. 
Unfortunately, that was the pick that led to the Beckham injury. And then after that, and for the game, he goes 22 for 28, 297 yards and five touchdowns. And the last touchdown is the game-winning touchdown with 11 seconds to go. I was listening to the game on the radio. He went something like 20 for 21, 22 for 23 for the rest of the— He was perfect. Or just other than one pass for the rest of the game, man. That is—, is, is And it makes me wonder— is, is, is Baker Mayfield have a little bit of that Brett Favre in him where he could throw five interceptions and all of a sudden get hot and then throw five touchdowns and you win the game? And you like, we, we love you, but why you got to do us like that with the interceptions, man? But, you know, when he got hot, I mean, he was unstoppable. I mean, he was just unstoppable. And people out there are saying today that maybe he plays better without Beckham or Beckham and, and him. They may not mesh. His, the numbers say that and all this and that. Um, I, I have not, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't watched that many Brown games to know if that's the case. But I do know, you know, Beckham formerly being of the Giants, that he does ask, need, want, and you have to have a percentage of the plays directed towards his way. And I don't know if that takes the rhythm out of the quarterback out of the other players, but I know he's a very demanding player in that aspect. So does this open up the field more now where they can feel like they can play? Who knows? Because what happens in the game sometimes when you have a game plan and then a star player, whether it be on the defense, Odell Beckham, or the quarterback goes down, now the game plan that you had goes in the tank because it kind of infuses the other team that the injury took place to say, we can, we got to sit here and do it for so-and-so that got hurt. And when you're playing on defense, now you sit there and say, how do we defend the Browns? Because we had this defense set up to set to stop Beckham, but now they're hitting all these other guys and who wound up catching the game-winning touchdown? Let me, let, let me do the research right now for you. But it was, um, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, it was Donovan, the people's champ, Jones. He's a rookie receiver. Three receptions he had in this game. First NFL touchdown. Okay? So wait, they probably ran a play that was for Beckham, had this rookie in his position, and said, you know what? We don't need to guard this rookie like that because he's not making plays like all everybody else is, and he's the one that winds up making a play. It's just weird like that. But there was another game. Oh, and the Browns won this game 37-34. Moving right along, the Patriots and 49ers. Now, this was a this was a good game because it was like a national game. It was on CBS. You didn't have to follow it on the internet or listen to it on the radio. You were like, oh, this is Garoppolo coming back to play Bill Belichick in New England and the Patriots. They traded you away. What are you going to do when you come back? And he handed down the smackdown. I mean, this was epic. The 49ers won this game 33-6, and it wasn't even that close. Worst loss in the worst home loss in the Bill Belichick era. The 49ers, they rushed. Okay, we talk about rushing for 197 yards. I don't know how the 49ers do it, but Kyle Shanahan, he has a system where his offense were. I remember with his dad, when his dad used to coach the Broncos, 
they had a system to where it didn't matter who the back was. They could get like Joe Schmo that worked at Domino's. And if you could play running back, you would rush for 100 yards and get maybe 12, 1,500 yards easy in the season. And he figured out in the new system and his passing league to still get this done. I mean, you had their two top running backs injured. And you get some dude named, I don't want to say some dude, but act like you know who Jeff Wilson Jr. was. Jeff Wilson Jr. comes in, 17 rushes, 112 yards, three touchdowns. And you have Jermichael Hasty as his backup, nine rushes for 57 touchdowns. I mean, 57 yards. If he scored 57 touchdowns, that'd be like a record or something in the NFL. So, I mean, when you look at the 49ers, they came in and just put the smack down with the rushing game. And then on the flip side, I'm scared for Cam. Cam got me scared. I'm looking at the highlights right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm doing the research while I'm talking to you, so you know it's live while I'm giving it to you. But, I mean, my man Cam going 9 for 15, 98 yards and three picks. But it wasn't even like, okay, I know a lot of the players on the Patriots, especially on defense, opted out. I know that he's just coming off of COVID. That could be part of it. Or they really haven't practiced a lot because they've been one of the teams that's had to shut down their facilities because players have contracted coronavirus. What I'm saying is, it's just like simply from, and I'm not a professional here, obviously, because I'm talking and I'm not playing, but it's just the simple plays that you feel like he can make. I just don't see him making them. I sit there and look at him and I'm like, wow, man, like, you know, What's going on? Is he hurt? Three interceptions, and some of them just look like he was a little bit late. But it could be, you know, maybe he just doesn't have the chemistry yet for with with the teammates. I don't, I, I don't want to say I'm giving up on Cam. No, I'm not saying that. Or it was a bad decision to sign him because they, they, they as a team, you know, Belichick likes to practice and get that work in, and he really hasn't been able to do that. And how much of the offense can Cam really grasp? when he really hasn't had an opportunity to practice with these guys. But I keep an eye on Killer Cam Newton because I'm, I'm I'm worried. I'm not giving up. I'm just saying I'm worried because now you got a couple losses in a row. And when was the last time, yeah, you heard it, when was the last time you heard the Patriots being 2-4? Some of these players on the Patriots right now are like, we got four losses and six games? I've had seasons, maybe two seasons, where we've had four losses. I've had seasons where we didn't even have a loss. And we have four already? Man, look. But anyway, Jimmy Garoppolo, he played, I'm going to say, he played good. I mean, he threw two picks, but he did have 277 yards. No touchdowns. So he played good. So I don't want to say he played bad or he played great. He played good. But them Patriots, I'm worried. And Killer Camp, I'm worried about him even more. Now, when you go uh, moving right along, let's talk about um, Pittsburgh. And in the Tennessee Titans, this game was moved due to the Tennessee Titans, a couple players, and I think some staff members contracted the virus. So it was supposed to take place earlier in the season, and it got rescheduled to this weekend. And I thought this was going to be a good game, and it lived up to it. Two teams coming on, coming in at 5-0, and and this was like a ball fight. Came down to the last second, and the Titans missed a field goal. But what I did learn about this game is that the Steelers, they're starting to get together that mojo, that magic. You got Ben Roethlisberger passing for 268 yards, two touchdowns. You got um, James Conner rushing for 82 yards. 
You got the defense. The defense doing what they do. When you play the Steelers, you know that defense is for real. Okay? Now, you sit there and say, who are some of these guys? The Steelers have a system in that they don't... They draft players that fit their system. Okay? Because when the Steelers are really great with Ben Roethlisberger as the QB, they've always had a quick, fast receiver that could catch stuff, or possession receiver, I should say, that could catch stuff underneath and mid-range. And they had that in Juju. And when they were really dope, they had Antonio Bryant as a tall, rangy guy that could catch those jump balls or catch them deep balls, or they had Plaxico Burrs. Now, they did have that in Antonio. He was just super talented, but obviously we all know what happened with him. But now with Chase Claypool providing that height, depth, in terms of the ability to jump and catch those 50-50 balls, stretching the field, and now that opens everything up underneath. I'm not saying it yet because there's still a lot more football to be played, but mm, is all I have to say about the Steelers in the rest of the season and reaching a mm bowl. Mm, is all I got to say. Uh, but they won this game 27-24. The field goal kicker for the Tennessee Titans missed the last second field goal. Heartbreaking loss for the Titans. But Steelers move on 6-0. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or should I say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, playing the um, Las Vegas Raiders. This game started out with the Raiders jumping out 10-0, and I was flipping back and forth between this one and the Patriot game, and next thing you know, it was like 14-10, 21-10, then it just 28-10, and it just started, the score kept on just rising, and mind you, although they signed him, Antonio Brown is not on the team yet, and seeing Tom Brady's performance, he had 369 yards, four touchdowns. It's starting to feel like the Buccaneers are starting to follow the leadership of Tom Brady. It's starting to feel as though they are molding or maybe adapting the offense to what Tom Brady could do well and what his skill set is. You had Rob Gronkowski catching a touchdown yesterday. You had, a, you, you had a lot of good players doing some things. You had... Uh, Chris Goodwin, nine catches for 88 yards. So I mean, you, you this is what uh, this is what the Broncos did when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos and they won their Super Bowl. They did things the type of way, and when Peyton got there, they said, "All right, we're gonna scrap that. What would you like to do?" And this is what Tampa Bay is doing. They said, "We did things. We like to throw the ball deep. We want to stretch the field with play action." Tom came in and said, "You know what?" This is what this is what I'm gonna do. Okay, what would you like to do? We can run the ball more. We can play action, yes. But I'm really about precision passing. I'm about if it's an eight yard out, it can't be nine. It can't be seven. It has to be eight. And that's the way it was in New England. That's the way it needs to be in in Tampa Bay. And you're starting to see that you're starting to reap the benefits of Tom Brady's leadership. Because, you know, Tom Brady could yell and scream and do all this and that and that and this and this and that. But the thing is this. I know some players, they sit there and say, how does Tom Brady get away with screaming and nobody says anything? Because he wins. He wins. He's won six Super Bowls. He wins. I said he won six Super Bowls. He didn't win six Super Bowls. But my point is, is that he wins. That's why. When, 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 when. LeBron James yells at you on the court. Are you going to sit there and clap back or say he knows what he's talking about because he's seen everything and been through everything? 
when you don't win and you start yelling at people, that's when you get to shut the. What have you ever done? What do I need to listen to you for? Man, go sit down. But when Tom Brady says, this is what you need to do so we can win this game, what are you going to say? How do you know? So that's why he's allowed to win. Because when you have a leader, you lead by example. You change the culture. And you have to hand, you have to put the discipline down when it needs to be handed down. That's what Tom Brady's doing. You've seen the results. They're 5-2. and two, Winning this game yesterday, 45-20. to 20. Now, the last game I want to talk about in my takes of Sunday football were the Seattle undefeated Seattle Seahawks taking on the Cardinals. Now, this was a game where I felt like it was going to be interesting. You you know, you got uh, the undefeated team. You have the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, Mr. Russell, looking like uh, he wants to be an MVP candidate. And then you had Kyler Murray bringing in the new league. We could run, we could pass, however you want it, you could get it. But this is a very good game. The Seahawks looked like they were running away with it. And then Kyler Murray, with that Murray magic, started to make things happen. And he would it was funny. They had taken this game into overtime. And then in overtime, they missed the field goal, thinking, all right, this is an opportunity for Seattle to win. And Seattle didn't get it done. Seattle gets the ball. I mean, Arizona gets the ball back. And they win the game. But the play of the game was this. The play of the game was simply an interception that Russell Wilson threw to the running back. And the defensive back, um, his name escapes me right now. Um, I'm sorry. His name was, um, his name escapes me right now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Okay, I'm sorry. Buda Baker. Buda Baker had a 90-yard interception return, right? What makes this play so special? And you should YouTube this. Uh, DK Metcalf, Buda Baker interception. Because DK Metcalf was like damn near in the end zone and Buda Baker caught the interception on the 10. Buda Baker has nobody to beat but Russell Wilson and he beats him at the 50. And all of a sudden you're like, yo, who is that dude? Yo, is he gonna? Oh my! Oh my God! And he tackled him on. I mean, he t he tackled him on a ten yard line, meaning that this interception had to take place in the end zone. Sorry about the math there, but I know that DK Metcalf was in the end zone. Buda Baker catches the ball on the goal line, and with a ten yard head start, my man DK Metcalf walked him down on the ten yard line. I mean, it's just and he was running past everybody like everybody was in slow motion. And he was just on, he was on turbo. It was truly amazing. But for MVP candidate, Russell Wilson did have a bad night last night. He did throw for 388, did throw for three touchdowns, but three picks were killer. That's what really sealed the game. Kyler Murray, splendid game out of him. 360, three touchdowns. He did have the pick, but 67 rushing yards and a rush touchdown. Can't be mad at that. So those are my takes for this past weekend. In terms of the games that I felt that had some really interesting, poignant moments. I'm not saying all the other games are whack. All I'm saying is, is that these games had a little bit of juice. I like hot sauce, and these games had that hot sauce that I like. So with my positive quote that I want to leave you with, that I always leave you with, Rock Bottom has built more heroes than privilege has. Rock Bottom has built more heroes than privilege. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.